Welcome to a week eight edition of Between the Horns. My name is JB Long. If you're watching live on our social and digital channels, good morning. Hope you're having a great Thursday. If you're catching us on the podcast version, hope you are having a great day as well. And thank you for subscribing to this podcast so you know every time a new episode is available. I am joined by team reporter Serena Morales, who got the memo about the uh, sweatshirt. Good coordination today, Serena. Twinsies. <laughs> On brand. Well done. And there's a three-time Pro Bowler, Machu Picchu, Maurice Jones-Drew. DeMarco, well done. Uh, hey, not for dramatic, but there you go. How about that? See? Okay, there we go. Uh. <laughs> well, I'm more concerned with the on-brand uh, fathead in the background. There. Oh, you like that? Yeah. What's up, I 75? tried to get that uh, to go with my daughter to college, and it kept finding its way back home. So there it is. I'm in her room. I can't imagine why she wouldn't take that up with her. You know, I think it's cool, right? It fits on any wall. goes with everything. Scares you know? everyone away. Thank you. I mean, that's that's the whole point, Serena. Right. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, to all, the Rams are now 5-2. and two. A chance to get the 6-2 and two before their bye, which comes right at the midway point of this season. Uh, impressive defensive-driven win over the Bears on Monday night. Now they get to head out east again. Stop me if you've heard this before, but an early window East Coast kickoff against the Miami Dolphins in Week 8. Before we dive into that one, as always, let's look back at that 24-10 victory in Week 7. Serena, take it away. Yeah. Um, DeMarco, I'll start with you because how about that defense? And I don't mean the Bears. I mean the Rams. The defense was insane from start to finish. McVay said the defense was outstanding. They haven't allowed a second-half touchdown since week three against the Bills. Uh, the defense has allowed the second-fewest points per game. DeMarco Farr, it's, it's insane. You must yeah, be well, you, you didn't have a choice to start with me. We, we lost Maurice in the mountains. He's coming yeah, back. He's on his way back. There he is. He's back. Uh, no, but, um, you know, how do I say this politely? And I don't want to take anything from the Rams' defense. I thought they were great. I thought Leonard Floyd, when he goes into berserker mode, wow, this defense can be special. And when I turn on the tape and the first thing I see is Aaron Donald is the first off the football I know that this defense is humming, but, you know, Chicago, their offense wasn't very inspiring. And I was surprised, uh, JB, Senior, uh, uh, JB, Serena, and Maurice, that they actually came in here and just tried to line up with the Rams and try to blow them off the football, get in a phone booth and win those one-on-one -on -one battles. Did you not know that they have 99? So uh, it, it was dangerous. Uh, I think that Nagy came into a dessert party with just vanilla ice cream and the Rams capitalized. I thought pursuit was good. Uh, I thought the the uh, the safety play was was outstanding. John Johnson the third flashing that trademark range on those deep balls. Uh, I thought the the mix of coverage versus pressure was good. Nick Foles never looked comfortable. Uh, anytime he saw blue, he reacted. I mean, he got off the spot and threw the ball before he he wanted to. So I thought it was a great bounce back performance for the Rams, helped by a very vanilla offense by the Bears. So. Uh, it was a great performance. And then in the second half, it was either punts or points. And that's how you kill a football team. Johnny Hecker penning them deep, just demoralizing. And then Jared Goff and the gang scoring points. You just took the offense away from the Bears. Maurice, now that you're back from your trip, uh, what do you think made the defense and Brandon Staley's scheme so unique? Uh, Serena, for me, uh, sorry again, my computer kind of kirked out. I think I was in Machu Picchu too long. Um, but uh, – to me, it was just it was just a matchup issue, right? Where they the the Bears saw what the Niners did, and they came out in the first play, and they tried to be someone that they're not. That tells you right then and there that you're gonna you're gonna dominate it when they're trying to do something that that is not them. Uh, then from that point on, it was just 
the Rams defense was just a much better matchup against that offense. Like, like DeMarco was talking about, you have Aaron Donald to get creating pressure, Leonard Floyd getting after it. Um, they really didn't attack the, the linebackers like everyone else had. They were trying to attack the safeties with their tight ends and the corners with crossing routes and different things. And this all fits to what Brandon Staley and this defense they want to do. And so it just wasn't a good matchup. And, and, you know, DeMarco, you talked about vanilla. Sometimes when your offense just isn't, it's not, you know, it's not um, your personnel doesn't match up well against the other one, no matter what you try to do, it's just going to get dominated. And that's what happened. The defensive line dominated the line of scrimmage. The corners played lights out, even though Ramsey got beat a couple of times down the field or, you know, they might not have connected on something connected on one. It was just a fact that, the Rams defense matched up very well with the Chicago bears. And we're going to see that as the, as the, as the season goes on. Now, the question is, can this Rams defense, when you play the Niners again, play the way they played on Monday night, that's the key. Can you bounce back and play that way against a team that you not necessarily don't match up well against? Yeah. I left SoFi stadium on Monday night thinking uh, a tale of two Terrells. Terrell Burgess was coming on. He was about to take off. I think in his rookie year, unfortunately we find out he breaks his ankle. He's done for the season. We'll talk more about how they cover for his absence at safety in a moment, but then Terrell Lewis, I think uh, for the first time this season, we really saw how it might look when he gets ramped up. And like DeMarco said, when Leonard Floyd is playing at a prime time level, that was pretty intimidating. That was a full flex, I thought, from the outside linebackers of the Los Angeles Rams, and I'm excited to see if they can carry it through to week eight. Uh, as we know, four years ago, Jared Goff made his first career start at home against the Miami Dolphins. And this Sunday, Tua will make his first start at home against the Los Angeles Rams. They're coming off uh, wins over San Francisco and the Jets, now the bye. But MJD, did Miami make the right move at this moment when they're still in contention in the East. Yeah, I, I personally don't believe so. I think that you try to win games, but the Miami Dolphins started off with a plan. They have, they've had a plan since they brought in Brian Flores, how they're going to change this team, how they're going to make it, uh, you know, adaptations to different things. Um, and I think one of those plans was after the bye week, which is supposed to be week 11, they were going to play two. They were planning to be, you know, maybe in contention, maybe not, but it's an opportunity for two to get in and get his feet wet because they're playing for the future. Um, it seems like now, and it's, it's weird to me that they stuck to that plan when the Patriots are down, the bills are stumbling right now out of the block. They like, they came out hot. They played well against the Rams the last couple of weeks. They've just been playing miserable. And then obviously you have the jets who are just the jets, right? So we'll let them be them. And so this is an opportunity for the dolphins to win the division. First time I want to say since 2009 to win this division or 2008, excuse me, to win this division. And you're going to throw in a young quarterback, not only play him against the second-ranked defense uh, in scoring and passing yards per game, but against Aaron Donald and company, the guys that are getting to the quarterback. Um, and so that it, it's a little concerning for me, but I'll tell you this much. From what I've understood, and I've reached out to a lot of people in the Dolphins uh, organization, the locker room supports this decision, which lets me know that Tua's looked great in practice. Tua's been awesome in meetings. And Tua, when he got in against the Jets, completed a couple passes so it kind of got everybody a little bit excited and when you feel that type of energy you don't have that backlash from the players in the locker room it tells me that this, this was the right time for the Dolphins to make that move well uh, the, the first thing that um when you look at Tua's resume he hasn't played that much football you know he didn't play that much in, in college of what 26 starts and then he's drafted uh by the Miami Dolphins but a couple of things jumped out and what you said uh, echoed something Les Snead said on the coaches show was 
the things we can't see. We can't see him in practice and we can't see him in the, in the meeting room. So I agree with you. And something else was significant. He went from three to two, I think around the time they played Seattle. So he, in a month, moved up the depth chart. And less than a month, he's now starter. So they like what they see out of Tua. And I, look, I think this might be opinion. I think Miami's offense is better than Chicago's. Fair? Fair. Man for man. Uh, they're definitely smaller and faster. I think that the only thing holding them back was the turnovers. And Fitz does have a, ch- a tendency to throw a lot of picks. Uh, I think that's been the problem his, his entire career. And think about this. He's in year 16. How far do you think you're really going to go with Fitz? I know it's great now, but you know how things turn in November, December, especially for him. So I think getting to a ready this year for next season is more important than riding out whatever Fitz could give you. You know what I mean? And I think that maybe versus the Rams, you'll see a new side of this offense with a left-handed young quarterback that can move and a guy that doesn't miss when he's throwing on the run. So I think they have a chance to get better on offense if they can keep Aaron off of Tua. Serena, one quick follow-up to what DeMarco said. I I agree. I think personnel-wise and scheme-wise, they have a chance to be better than the Bears, but they need someone who can process and deliver as quickly as Fitzmagic was. Mm -hmm. He had like the second or third quickest time to delivery, a lot like what we saw against Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers in that loss two weeks ago. If Tua can do that, and if he can be as accurate and, and minimize turnovers, yes. If he holds on to it for another beat, another pat of the football, and has to think, I, that could yeah. be trouble. That could actually derail an offense that I think was being very productive. You saw his second pro pass, right? When he had to scramble to his left, and he dropped about nine yards deep and fired a strike. That's just pass number two. Now imagine him with more and more reps. I mean, I think this off, I think guys in this offense – will have a chance to actually mushroom and grow because of his ability. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll say this too, just to piggyback, is that you talk about we – we don't talk about the weapons they have. Mike Gusecki from Penn State, more of a receiving threat, slot tight end guy. Preston Williams out of Colorado State, a lot of people not talking about him. Everyone's talking about Devontae Parker, but they have three legitimate weapons that he could get the ball to, um, and that is what – I think excites them about him from at least from my understanding is that these, they have guys that can go down the field. So for this Rams defense, when we're talking about matching up against the bears, they match up. Well, it's going to be a little bit different this week because he has two guys that he can get down the field and throw the ball to in a tight end that can stretch the middle of the field as well. So don't be surprised if it's a little tough sledding early on, but I still believe that, you know, anytime a rookie quarterback and I played with rookie quarterbacks, they're not ready yet. <laughs> you know, it's going to take a couple of weeks here and we get ready. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, Miami also has a, a running back, Gaskin, who's been showing up and looking good up there. Um, speaking of running backs, Daryl Henderson continues to perform as our main guy. Um, although Malcolm Brown, I think, did do well last, last week against the Bears. The Rams are one of three teams that have multiple players with 250 rushing yards and three uh, touchdowns this season with Malcolm and Hendo. MGD, I'll start with you. Is it safe to say that we're going to have Hendo as our, our lead back moving forward? Yeah, I, I mean, we talked about this last week. Um, I, I believe he is he's the starting back. Uh, I think Malcolm Brown comes in in crucial situations, uh, and then he'll get a series or two down the road or throughout the course of the game. And I think Cam Akers, it just sucks that you had that rib injury you know, and we, we always talk about this, and I don't know if they told you this, DeMarco, but yeah. Corey Holt told me this one time. He said, opportunities in the NFL are given, not earned, right? <laughs> a guy gets hurt. For the most part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the most part. A guy gets hurt, guess what? 
<laughs> that's his opportunity that's given to him. You didn't earn yes, that. Sir. Now you go out there and perform, you can keep it. And that's what Daryl Henderson did from, from week two. And so I think you're going to keep riding the hot hand and then eventually you're going to try to get Cam Akers going, but you're not going to mess up the timing, the chemistry that uh, Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown have with that offensive line and that running game. You know, uh, and Mo, uh, I, I, I believe this to the core. If you have three backs, you don't have one. Right. I'm an old school football guy, but I do like what Carolina did way back in the day with Stewart and Williams when they would hit you over the head with two guys. And they were, I wouldn't say they were drastically different, but they almost contrasted each other. Same with Henderson and Malcolm Brown with, with a dose of Cam Akers too. If you have three guys that are unselfish, all they care about is moving the football and they can attack a defense three different ways. You, you almost got, you almost have no chance. Even if you're playing the block, right? You may not be playing it right for that running back. You know what I mean? Against Malcolm, I got to play it thicker because he's going to run through me. I play it the same way versus Henderson. He's out and around. So I think as long as they stay unselfish, as long as they stay on schedule and don't hurt themselves and they can keep the running game in the game for four straight quarters, I think you can attack with three guys. I really do. And, and be effective with it and have each guy feel like they're the guy for that drive. Uh, and all that does is it's window dressing. It, it attacks the defense, but it also opens things up for Jared Goff, which is game plan number one for, for Sean McVay. If you can create that space for play action and keep the defense guessing, the offense hums. Two quick thoughts on the running game. And to Maurice's point, I think Cam Akers' opportunity will inevitably be given sooner rather than later. I hope I'm wrong, but before this season is out, he's going to have to, I think, be featured in yeah. some way, shape, or form. That's just the way this league goes. And I think he'll be ready when his time does come. The other thing is that play before Malcolm Brown's one-yard touchdown run, when they're using all 11 Rams to push the pile, if they have that disposition, then Serena or I might be able to get in there and get some work because, like, that was a total team running effort. And when you consider the way that they use Cooper Cup and even Gerald Everett and certainly Robert Woods in the running game, they're distributing touches a lot differently than some other teams, and that may not be comfortable for a team that spent their first draft pick this year on a running back who's yet to get his turn, but it's working. Wow. It's working, and I would encourage patience. I've All seen right. you uh, run, J.D., but I don't know what, what kind of burst you have. No, I've seen I just, you run, but I don't know if you can burst. No, it's just I'm six foot two, and when I fall forward with the football, there's three no. yards, in, three yards in a cloud of dust. I like it. That matters. <laughs> all right, uh, the Rams unfortunately had to release Samuel Sloman earlier this week. As we all know, it's now Cobra Kai time. Kai Forbath, LA product, set to make his Rams debut on Sunday. Uh, he and Sean McVay go back to uh, their time in Washington. Akai's been the uh, the journeyman kicker, as you uh, would have it in the National Football League. DeMarco, what do you think this does in terms of impacting down and distance decision, maybe game management, uh, hopefully having a more reliable veteran kicker? Okay, this is not a throw-under-the-bus situation for me, but I did look at body language specifically when the kick got blocked versus Chicago. And Sloman, is a, he's a great kid. We, we all agree on that. I mean, he was doing his job, going around shaking hands, but – the last few handshakes weren't handshakes. They were more hand slaps. So it's not that you hate the kid. It's just you hate that that function isn't working. Those points are important. You can put more pressure on an offense or a football team and take them completely out, out of the game. When you get one blocked or you miss, you give them life. So at some point, you just get tired of the excuses. I remember way back. This is going way back for a minute. Jeff Wilkins was one of the best kickers the Rams have ever had. But he went through a problem where he was injured and – he kept kicking the ground, which was true. He just kept missing, but there was a function 
situational problem. And Mike Martz just had enough. I like Jeff, but we just can't have this. So I think that's the situation that you went through with Sam Sloman. You like him. You want him to do well, but you can't keep getting kicks blocked or you can't have a, a miss PATs. Uh, we can't do this if we're vying for a playoff spot. So you've got to make a move. And Kai Forbath is a guy with a lot of experience. So you go from an unknown to a known. That's got to help the locker room. MJD, if you want to win, bring in a Bruin. That's oh. what I'm talking about. LA, uh, I knew it. Uh, I'll say this. Um, I think again, yeah, you're right. I hear you, DeMarco, down there. Um, we listen, JB, we we saw this in training camp. And it kind of, it was just like, oh, I don't know, because they're not really rushing. So it was getting off. And I was like, mm. and I remember turning to you saying his trajectory is just too low. Now, I played with, I feel like one of the better kickers in the league in Josh Scobie, who even when they're like some of the great kickers like Greg Zerlin, even when they're kicking 50 yarders, 60 yarders, like the NFC championship game, that ball is shooting up first. It's going this way and then out. Sloman's was going like out and then up and that I mean that's a recipe for being blocked and so uh, I think sometimes you just have to yeah you you use a draft pick on it but like DeMarco said those points are important it reminds me of um it was the Niners right instead of being 7-14 it's 14-6 and now you're like we gotta we gotta play catch up and so those become big issues down the road especially when you look at how many game-winning field goals Greg Zerline made, especially to go to the Super Bowl uh, and throughout his career, like you, you have a standard for kicker, and it's not here. It's up here. So you have to make sure that you keep that standard there because Aaron Donald, right, we saw him hug Johnny Hecker. There's a standard for that, right? There's a standard that everyone expects, and if you're not up to that standard, you're doing the team no justice by keeping that player there. We're going to quickly get to rapid fire. Um Fuller and Burgess, um, they're both out. Can the Rams kind of overcome these injuries to the secondary? I will say Brandon Staley was asked about this week, and he said these guys and the secondary aren't just learning their position. They're learning the entirety of the concepts. Um, there's no corner safety star money. It's tough on the players because they're responsible for more, but then they learn how all the other pieces work together. DeMarco, I'm curious your thoughts there. Well, I feel bad for Burgess and Fuller. They they were on their way to having pretty good seasons. I mean, I, I think they were better than we all gave them credit for coming uh, coming off the draft. Uh, and look, I thought Burgess was playing an outstanding game until that unfortunate injury happened to him. But, you know, Nick Scott is a guy that's been kind of a special teamer, and he got in the game versus Chicago. And the first time he actually got a guy lined up on a hit, he knocked Robinson, Robertson out of the game. Uh, so the, the, the athleticism is there. The want to is there. You know the guy uh, can run a long way and tag people. So as long as you get teams in that sort of mode, I think you'll be fine. But at some point when you start facing these gadget offenses or you have to go against a San Francisco that knows you, uh, look, they fooled John Johnson III, and he's been around here for years. So if you have a safety that's working himself into up to speed with the rest of the guys, eventually they're going to find you. Maybe Chan Gailey finds it this week. But, yeah, it's it's a big loss to have both those young safeties, you know, in pajamas on game day. Bo, the Rams offense has averaged just 22 points per game over their last four. Is this the week that they can get right against a Miami defense that's a little bit leaky against the run but has a really solid secondary? Uh, I, I think so. And the reason I would say yes is because the Miami Dolphins are going to play nothing but man on third down. They're going to lock up and play press man. That's just what they want to do. That's why they paid these guys. You know, you have Byron Jones, you draft a first round pick, you, um, 
You you have uh, Xavier Howard. Xavier Howard. Xavier Howard. Right. So you have you're going to try to play lock up man to man. And I think this is a game uh, where the Rams can utilize some of their crossing routes, some of their over routes. Uh, you'll see a lot of Cooper Cup in the slot getting some catches. Um, it, it's going to be a huge day, and I think it's it's important because they don't really generate pass rush like that. They don't have just one guy that's going to get to the quarterback. They use stunts. They use they slant. They do different things to try to get pressure. So if you can lock that up, there, there's going to be some holes open on the back end. And and real quick, just to talk about the defense, you know, with the, with the new rules of COVID, and I'm going to throw a guy out there just because it's my family, but with the new rules of COVID and all the things where you can have a veteran player on your practice squad and kind of bring them along, the Arizona Cardinals have my cousin, TJ Ward, who fits the mold of this, this star player or linebacker type safety that can cover guys. Wouldn't be surprised, and it may not just be him, wouldn't be surprised the Rams look out on some of these other practice squads and find a veteran guy that can come in and kind of fill this void for this year, right? Because you're hopefully you're going to get both of these guys. You'll get Fuller back, but you'll get Burgess back maybe next year, right? So you may need a void to be filled. And you don't want to, and, and let's all remember this. When you're asking a special teams player to play defense now, it takes away from special teams, right? So it's like, oh, you, like you're kind of flirting with some things. So don't be surprised if you see the Rams reach out and start looking at some of these guys on practice squads, veteran guys that can come in and kind of help. DeMarco, um, quickly, the Rams pass rush versus the uh, young Dolphins O-line. They've got two rookies on the right side of the line. Ooh, this will be fun because <laughs> now I'm you're – hungry. So yes, with a, le- with a lefty quarterback like Tua, right? So your yeah. right side where you kind of put your – I wouldn't say your best pass blockers are over there with a right-handed quarterback. So now your weak side just became your blind side. So Leonard Floyd should be licking chops. Aaron Donald, I'll say this to be quick. I think Aaron Donald wrecks flowers. And yes, I said it that way. I think he's still a tackle transitioning to guard. So I think when 99 gets on that side, instant pressure. And let's just see what Tua can do under pressure. Let's close it out with our Rams fantasy picks. A quick look back at last week. Uh, I was, I guess, six days ahead of the game with my Kai Forbass selection. Maybe he'll come through for me in Miami. Serena, good call with Daryl Henderson uh, leading the way on the ground again. DeMarco, you wanted to pick Johnny Hecker. You should have stuck with it. He, he's <laughs> the NFC right. Special yeah. Teams Player of the Week and the Month. Wow. <laughs> you went with Cooper Cup, but we're still giving you credit for the right. Hecker call. That was phenomenal. Nice. Wow, he's a uh, weapon. And, yes, and, and since you leaned Hecker last week, you have the honor this week. Who's your first choice for a random? You know, game? I'll go with what Maurice just said with those corners and how they play. It's going to be tough for guys to get separation. So it screams out for slot guy. So slot guy means Cooper Cup. I'm going with Cooper Cup versus the Dolphins. Maurice? I was going to say Cooper Cup. Yeah, I'm going to – Listen, I'm going to double down. I, I believe this is his his, get, his game where he explodes. I, I think, again, man-to-man, you'll see a lot of option routes, a lot of over routes, crossing routes. He'll, he'll go to work. Serena? You know, I was thinking about this. I was thinking of going Josh Reynolds, but I'm going to go with Gerald Everett. I know he was listed as a little sick this week, but if he can come back and keep doing what he's doing, I think the secondary, they're going to try and have some mismatches with a guy like Gerald Everett who has done well, walked a touchdown in, was it last week or two weeks ago? So I'm going with number 81, Gerald Everett this week. Okay. I know we, we normally disallow quarterbacks because they're the obvious fantasy <laughs> pick, but just because it's a special occasion, Jared Goff, who made his first career start against the Dolphins, now he goes to face them again as Tua takes his turn. 
Jared's next touchdown pass will also be the 100th of his career. So I think he gets 100, 101, and hopefully 102 as well. Um, and the other reason I want to go quarterback is because the metrics say that Miami might be the worst or the least efficient run defense in the league. And so every time you see that and you expect McVay to come out and ground and pound, and, and I would want to go with Henderson or Malcolm Brown, they tend to spread you out and air it out and attack you in a completely different way and run against the grain. So uh, we weren't exactly right with their, uh, their game plan against the Bears. I'll go against the grain here in, in week eight against Miami and say uh, that Jared Goff has a day. Got it. All right. Well, that's a wrap. That's a, that's it for our week eight edition of Between the Horns. DeMarco Farr and himself behind Machu him. Machu Picchu. over here. MJD, JB Long, Serena Morales, Rams, Dolphins from Hard Rock Stadium, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Fox. If you want to listen to these guys on the radio call, which you should, I recommend it. Tune in to 710 ESPN or 93.1 Jack FM. Thanks for watching and listening. We'll see you all next week for more Between the Horns. 